Practical Theology Thursday. That's what we'll call this. And uh, we've got a special treat. Stay tuned. So a little bit of a different one today. Had this last minute idea. It just came to me. It just fell upon me. A eureka moment indeed. It was uh, this this thought that actually every single Thursday evening I have a podcast ready and waiting for you guys that we're hardly ever recording and you're never getting to access. And so I thought, let me give you a little bit of insight into what we're doing, the, the glorious life of an eldership uh, candidate and uh, of the eldership team at GraceNet. Uh, we're going through Brian Chappell's um, Christ-centered preaching. Uh, we usually, we've just, we've, we've finished making our way through Horton Systematic, and I think this was the next book after that. And uh, we kind of hang out and uh, just chat over the internet anyway. So I thought we need to actually just record this and at least, you know, I don't know. So say what's up, guys. Hi, Mike. How's it going? Oh, wait a minute. We remember that voice. Who's that guy? That's Yanni de Klerk. Yanni de Klerk from... Oh, my goodness. Where are you from again, Yanni? We, we forgot. Uh, Kimpton Park, Joburg. Kimpton Park. Thoughts so, over So, yeah. yeah. I mean, Yanni, it's been a while since you've been on the show. Yeah, yeah. It's been ages, bro. I've just been, um, just been working hard, you know? Yeah. I mean, what, have, been, what um, have you been hanging. doing? Mm-hmm. What, have you, uh, what have you been doing, bro? Uh, you know, just playing rugby and uh, hanging that. out with my okies, all yeah. that sort of stuff. Yeah, <laughs> okies, yeah. okies are like judo people that you throw. <laughs> oh, okay. My my Afrikaans is a little bit rusty. Like, eh? Okies a mm-hmm. Japanese sparring partner, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Yeah, no, we're, yeah. we're playing rugby. We're not playing judo. Um, all right, yeah. cool. So we got so we got Yanni back online. You might remember him from back in the day when we did the language deal. Uh, Yanni's, uh, as he just displayed right now, our, our language guru. He can tune into any accent at will. Uh, he's got this real, real spiritual gift there. And uh, <laughs> we've got a, uh, we've got the other guy that you haven't met yet, or have we had John? I can't remember now, Jerry. No, we haven't. This is your, this is your, um, your first time. What's up? Say what's up, Jerry. What's up? What's up? Hey. <laughs> All uh, right, my, Jerry... name's not, my, my name's not Jerry, though. What's my name? name is Aditya Gupta, and I am just <laughs> off the boat from India. <laughs> right. Nice. Sweet. Well, I mean, you've definitely got that accent nailed. It's almost like you're from India. I mean, you just, it's uncanny. Um, so, Jerry's our other elder, elder candidate, um, and he is literally from India, except he doesn't speak Indian. I do not speak Indian. Except some, Indian, if Indian does not exist as a language. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> Hindi or whatever. I mean, you don't speak any of them. What do you speak? Do you speak any of the Indian languages? English. Uh, no, no, no. I, I only speak English. All right. So that, that kind of qualifies, but it's still kind of weird. <laughs> and yet you've retained the Indian accent in, in a measure with this with yep. sort of little bit of a twang of Portuguese in there. And... Yep. Uh, it's just, it's just every, everyone that ever comes to GraceNet, when Jerry opens up for us, he says, wow, that guy had such an interesting accent. <laughs> <laughs> so now you guys get to experience that as well. So what we're normally going to do, so Jerry, just give us a quick, we've already heard from Yanni. Um, yes. We know all about him. And if you don't know about him, go, go right to the back of the podcast, right to the beginning at least, and, 
and uh, go and and I don't know, just look for the language ones. What I can't remember what we called him, mate, Cody. His name's actually Cody, not Yanni. And uh, he's <laughs> oh, actually wow, a the Kiwi. Big yeah. <laughs> the big reveal. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, we've had him before, so you'll, you'll get his story there. Uh, give us a quick quick uh, spiel about your story. Where, what brings you to New Zealand, Jerry? Um, I moved to New Zealand for work, I guess. Um, I was uh, working in India, running a company, which uh, didn't go so well. Um, and had family in New Zealand who um, said I could do better in New Zealand because there would be great job opportunities. And so I moved here around eight, eight years or nine years ago. Right. Um, and yeah, it's been great. A great country, great culture, um, amazing job opportunities. Loved the Kiwi um, work culture. And so decided to stay and Come on. met you guys, met my wife and... Uh, yes. No reason to leave now. Yeah, totally. You're locked in. In that, in that order as well. In that that's order, true. you yes. must spend yes. your life. Yeah, I, yeah, I, that right. is actually the order. That, that is, is the order. Really awesome. I was there to witness it all. I feel very privileged. Yeah. Yeah, yeah me yeah. too. Don't forget it, Jerry. Don't forget it. Man. <laughs> that's it. Um, all right. Awesome. So, yeah, Jerry's um, Jerry and Cody are doing the eldership track with us. And uh, uh, as I said, we, we usually have Benny on the line as well. So it's a bummer we missed him, but we'll get him the next time. Um, oh, he's joining us later, I think. Oh, is he? Oh, he'll be in for a surprise. He'll come straight in to a live podcast. Nice. <laughs> don't don't tell him, though. Don't tell him. It'll be great. Yeah. Um, and so we have a lot of fun just this chilling out. really high production quality, Mark. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. It's, it's all natural. It's all, uh, it's all about being natural these days, Cody. That's what it's about. Um, that's how you get your ratings up. True. Um, so, all right. What we want to do, though, just to provide some sense of content to this, is uh, is do what we normally do. So just kind of pretend we're not recording in some sense. And oh, actually, you know, let's let's bring people in. I mean, you can know that we're recording. But um, we, we're doing uh, chapter nine of Brian Chapel's Christ in a Preaching, um, right? Is that it? The right, that's the right chapter. Mm. Yeah. Yep. So right. yeah. with Brian Chapel, it's a great book. Uh, we use it. We we discern our way through it. There's some p- portions that obviously are a little bit over the top and um, some angles he comes from uh, have a weird perspective. But in general, it's a great book on homiletics. And um, if you're like, homo what now? Homiletics is uh, the just a, the science of, or the, the, the study of preaching, I should say, uh, involving just elements of hermeneutics and uh, uh, what would classically be regarded as rhetoric. So it's just kind of being combined into one uh, book and Brian Chappell's done a great job in sort of walking our way through that. And we're on introductions and conclusions um, in chapter nine today. And uh, Jerry actually preached on Sunday, so you can go and check him out um, or listen to that sermon. Uh, that'll be uploaded. I think it's uploaded by this stage. And um, what did you preach on, Jerry? It was the Psalm, which one? 40? Psalm 46. 46, the Martin Luther's favorite. So that was... Yep. That was great. It was a great sermon, and uh, mm. it it is a testimony to the power of what we're doing right now, <laughs> right? <Yeah. laughs> you can even go and track with Jerry and see how terrible he was when we began, and then see yeah. how awesome this book is. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Uh, no. The, the the goal was always to to take a, a good sermon and make it better. So um, those have um, that's hopefully been happening. But um, who's taking us through this, Cody? Uh, usually, what we do is. Yep. 
someone just walks us through the chapter, we just discuss it, and uh, it, it turns into either a bit of a monologue or a slightly interactive thing. But I thought you guys might be interested to see what Chapel has to say on introductions and conclusions, both of which I don't like intros, I love conclusions, and uh, we'll talk about that as we go through. Cody, over to you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Or transitions, also transitions. Transition. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Um, They're important. Introductions, yeah. conclusions, and transitions. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, to to sum up, just before we start, I mean, um, this chapter is very practical. Um, pretty much the entire chapter is just um, tips on how to structure introductions, conclusions, and transitions. So it's a very very helpful chapter. Um, different things to be aware of, cautions and um, tips as well. So um, he starts off uh, with something that's quite obvious, I guess, but is helpful nonetheless, that no matter how we preach, no matter what we're preaching, we're always going to have an introduction and a conclusion. It's just whether it's bad or good, essentially. Mm. Um, if, we don't, if we don't put any effort into them, we'll just have poor introductions, ones that don't really like grip people. Yeah. We'll bring them into um, how we're thinking and what we're trying to get them to think. Mm. Um, so he starts off by um, trying to hammer down four purposes of, an, of introductions. Um, I'll just I'll just fly through these and touch on some key points. So the first one um, is to arouse interest in the message. So um, I thought this is a really good reminder because he, he says you you as the preacher have been um, preparing this sermon all week. You um, you've been living um, in the text, or, or longer, or longer than a week in Jerry and I's case, probably. Um, mm-hmm. uh, we've been we've been preparing it longer um, for, for longer. We've been um, wrestling through uh, different interpretations of, of words or, or, or parts of the text, and we've been um, you know battling with all the other stuff going on in our lives as well, which sort of come into how we're pre- preparing our sermon, but then. We forget that as we get up there on a Sunday morning, um, the people listening don't necessarily have any idea of any of that, and so we um, we need to be able to like bring them into um, what we are sort of treasuring about this text or what we love about this text, and we need to do that right from the get go. Mm. Um, yeah, so uh, you know, there's a catchy little Roman orator quote in here that um, a flawed introduction is like a scarred face you oh. want to turn from it it's not actually a great quote but um, it's wow nice. yeah, it's, uh, yeah that's right so um right so then um yeah i mean he, he he talks about even the opening sentence being powerful um i mean yeah a lot of this a lot of this is is good um and i think that like a lot of it's important but i guess we sort of will naturally differ in how we structure things. And, and maybe even the people he's thinking about and listening to his sermons are different to the ones we do. So we, it's not that it's like a cookie cutter and that it works for everyone, but yeah. Um, yeah. They're, just, they're just good ideas to keep in mind. Yeah. Well, one thing, um, one thing to just let me yeah. butt in there quickly. Um, one thing to keep in mind with introductions, it does really, I think it does matter, like church culture and, um, and even being a mm-hmm. guest preacher, for example, and being the regular ongoing preacher. Um, all of that plays in, in uh, and even just what kind of, not only church culture, but what kind of culture you're in, you know, all of that matters because, for example, 
if you're in a church, like I think at GraceNet, for the most part, you know, people are really psyched to be there. They've driven a long way. They've made a big effort. You know, people in New Zealand aren't really nominal Christians. They come to church. They mean business. They've already gotten out of bed on a Sunday yeah. morning. It's like they didn't have to. There's nothing, you know, they, they want a sermon at that point. You know, they've, they've come to worship according to the word. They don't need to be yeah. sort of canned into thinking mm-hmm. that this is going to be an interesting thing for them. They just want to get into it. And uh, it took me a while to realize that, but, you know, I, I realized I was actually getting in the way with my canned introductions, um, which yes. I used to yeah, put a yeah. lot of effort into. I really did. And, um, yeah. Yeah. and uh, you know, I realized when you step out of the way, it's just actually, it just helps you get straight into it. And uh, it gives you more focus on other elements of the sermon that need more focus. So there's that. But you make the mistake of going to another church and thinking that that same culture applies automatically. It, it doesn't. And even mm-hmm. if people are, um, you know, basically psyched to be a church, it's almost a courtesy thing to some degree to just kind of, you know, mellow them in into what you're saying rather than just, you know, go straight in. I think I think with all with you guys, for me, uh, you know, where people know us well, we're a small church. Um, we we can just jump right in there and it, 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 it you know and unless of course something really good comes to mind that hooks people that gets them straight into your main proposition and thesis I mean you know make use of it but uh, you know I think to spend all your time and energy on that is really going to be a bit of a uh, a misspend in some ways um, and then of course that you know different cultures matter as well in New Zealand we gen generally don't like the can thing right we're just all especially in wellington it's it's hyper on all of that stuff like just stay away from from anything you know Mm. um glitzy and mcdonald's and canned and whatever everything's all about authentic and organic and small and whatnot so we want to cash in on that and make sure that we're not just throwing all that away but you can go to another culture and Mm. i found even in australia for example where it's totally different in some places and, um, you know, people perhaps are just kind of expecting you to reel them in and, you know, waiting for that hook. Um, so it's really just about being sensitive at some level. Mm. It's not really a right or wrong thing, but uh, you do have to just keep it all in mind. And, and introductions can work against you as well as for you. So that's just something to throw in there at, at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's something that he, um, Chapel definitely brings out right at the end of his chapter. I mean, it would be potentially helpful if he did it a bit more throughout, but he says, you know, like, you know, all these things I've just said, a lot of them won't work in your context. You, yeah. know, you need to yeah. work them out. You need to, you need to try some of them sometimes and then yeah. not other times. And so you just sort of need to play around with them. Mm-hmm. Despite reading the chapter, it sort of makes it feel like this is the way to do it. Um, yeah, well, you know, um, when you want to yeah. do a con- uh, an, at least an introduction, you want to know how to do it, you know? There is a way yeah, exactly. to do an introduction, yeah, and right. it's not just that mm-hmm. anything goes. Uh, you do want to create an interest and provide a hook and bring bring them over mm-hmm. into what you're saying. So th- those kinds of principles aren't wasted to, to study them. For anyone who's doing any kind of speech, really, but um, certainly that applies for, for homiletics as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Well, to um to uh, round off these purposes of introduction, so yeah, um to introduce the subject of the message, self-explanatory, to actually indicate what you're going to be preaching about, mm-hmm. um yeah. to make the subject personal, so to to in your introduction to make it clear how this text, how your um, message actually applies to every person in the room, um, mm-hmm. and he he uses a term that I, th- I believe he coined which is the fallen condition focus yeah yeah uh, which is that which is that um 
that core of the sermon, that core of the sermon that sort of focuses on human sin and um, and then obviously so naturally into um, its solution being Christ and the gospel. Um, it's the part of the sermon that um, is that makes any text in the Bible applicable to um, mm. to to all people because um, human sin obviously is universal and the gospel is um, the solution for all those problems. So um, he, yeah. he hands that down, which is great. Yeah. Um, he, and the last one is to prepare for the proposition. So the purpose of the introduction is to prepare for your sort of thesis statement, I guess mm-hmm. um, the, the summary of your sermon that everything else that comes afterwards will attach itself to. Yeah. Um, Yes. So those are um, the reasons to have an introduction. And that fallen um, condition focus yeah. idea works very, very well when it works. It's just, you know, because it's, it's not just some random hook. It provi- You know, it's the thing that everyone's feeling that, that morning. They yeah, all know their fallenness. Right. And if you, you can buy the theme of your sermon, really tap into that and show them that you're going to speak to that need, it's, it's really powerful. The problem with it is if you do it every Sunday, it becomes in- incredibly predictable. And that yeah. is the one thing that you don't want to harden people to. You don't want them to feel, oh, wow, he's, he's going for my soul again. You know, that's, <laughs> you know, and I know where this is going. I mean, you just do not want that at all. Um, yep. And I know it's inevitable at some level, but just to turn it into a canned introduction, you've got to be really careful with that. So very effective, but you've got to be very careful with it as well. But fallen condition mm-hmm. focus is the big thing. Uh, that he yeah. brings to the table there. Yeah, good. Yeah. All right. Excellent. Mm. Cool. So moving on, um, um, five types of introductions, and then he gives a couple of um, also, uh, he calls them the chief offenders, two um, common types that are ineffective. Mm-hmm. So to start with the five types that are that are good, and then Chapel's opinion. So human interest account. So, I mean, again, self-explanatory. Um telling stories that are, um, you know, that the common man would sort of understand and that relate to everyone's experience, Mm -hmm. um, whether it's a story or just something anecdotal or something like that. Mm. And it automatically, um, I guess, brings what you're saying to a certain level. Mm -hmm. Um, The next is a simple assertion. Um, So, uh, you know, he says, when listeners are already primed to consider the subject of sin, a simple assertion of intent may serve as an introduction so um it's just essentially just a um he uses the example of today um i want to talk to you about how um gossip is hurting our church and what yeah. we should do about it that's a simple mm. example i like that one. um it's yeah. it's very uh, it's up front you get yes. straight to the point it's yes. um provocative in a way um, yeah yeah um and the next one is startling statement so um uh, yeah, I guess something that's sort of intentionally um, more provocative. Uh, we are saved and, um, by works. Exactly. That's the actually what I wrote another. down. Um, <laughs> did you? you? Yeah, you did that. You did that years ago, famously. Oh, and, um, that's I did the some worst gasps one. In the room. Yeah, 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 that's right. yeah, you can only do that one yeah. once, and then it's old. You know. But exactly. Um, everyone, or, everyone gets or to or do it. Jim Renahan. Yes. The Jim Renahan special, um, There Are Apostles Today While Holding Your Bible. Beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, yeah the, a couple of other examples. Um, what this world needs is fewer churches 
um, in more bodies of Christ. It's a yeah. chapel example. Um, <laughs> I um, um, the yeah. guy that, that trained me to preach, Greg Heasley, did this so well. Yeah. Um, I thought he always nailed this. I tried to do it as a result mm. of you know his sort of just you know Im- imaging him, I suppose you know just um, just mm. learning from him, and I failed every time. It took me a while to realize mm. I'm just not good at this. There's a certain skill in. In that provocative, you know, you don't want to give it completely away that you're just being completely provocative. You don't want to smile yeah. and laugh and, you know, it's got to be serious. Otherwise, it's not going to work. And yet at yeah. the same time, you know, it's like if if, if it becomes a bit of a joke up front, it loses its, all of its uh, power and efficacy. So, you know, you got to be careful. you got to know what you're doing with this one. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it sounds like it'll work really well, but it's almost it's wrapped up into the way you present it and your personality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the next one is um, sort of flowing in from that, the provocative question. Um, so it's just yeah. a similar sort of thing, but framing it in the question, um, which, you know, like all questions sort of um, inherently pulls people in. Yeah, um, it's Makes good. them think of an answer in their heads. Easier to pull off, too. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, um, the next one he's got is called the catalog, um, which I guess is like a building a list for. Uh, effect um, stating a number of different things that are related but I guess the um, as you list more things it sort of builds tension or just gives mm. more and more examples so he has um, mm. yeah he, he uses the example of um, just different types of people who are um, mm. struggling with different things in their life in the um, in the congregation mm-hmm. um, and then sort of and then sort of at the end wraps it all up and says you know like all these people they're all ordinary and they all need a miracle to you know like solve their problems and and that's sort of a way of bringing everyone together and sort of thinking about um different um unique problems that's just one example of the catalog approach should it be to sort of list things like that and build that tension um uh, what do we have next um oh yeah the chief offenders so the two most common but ineffective types of sermon introduction are called the mm. um, historical. Um, what is this one? I oh, just, uh, I guess, the historical approach um, yeah. or the logical recapitulation. Um, <laughs> so um, this is, I guess, with with the historical, it's the it's the old. Um, you know, you're starting a uh, one of Paul's letters, I guess, and. Um, and you just spend the first five minutes explaining um, where Galatia is and um, and the the landscape and yes. the trade of the cities or whatever. <laughs> um, yeah. While 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 all of those things can be important and are important for context, it's more the time you spend on them, the inordinate amount of time you can spend on them at times. Yeah, and a good um, little hack for that one. I think we've talked about this before, but is just put it before the prayer. You know. Just yeah, kind of put it in right. your white space fuller, you know, just, hey, while everyone's settling down and, and getting ready just say, hey, this is what I'm preaching about. We're about to pray, yeah. but, uh, you know, we're on this book, blah, blah, blah. It's not your, it's not your official opener, you know, but it's like, it's your filler, mm-hmm. it's helpful. And then, all right, let's pray. And then you come at it, you know, knowing that that's been taken yeah. care of. That's one way to deal with it. You yeah. don't have to, you can weave it into the sermon itself, but, um, mm. you know, that's one easy way to hack it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. And he talks about that later when he talks about um, 
the distinguish um sorry the distinction between a sermon introduction and the scripture introduction yes yes um and i yeah. and when i was reading that i was sort of thinking about how we sort of do it at gracenet um i mean i do i'm pretty sure jerry you sort of do the same thing i think but yeah um yeah sort of like front loading that more context sort of information mm. and then once you've read the text and prayed you can like dive right in mm. um and mm. you don't lose that momentum um from uh doing that stuff after you've started so, yeah yeah, yeah. Um, it's usually when baby, babies are wiggling around and getting settled down and you know people are still moving yeah. around trying to find their seats after after singing and it's just a good time just to get you know you don't want to lose your awesome introduction if you planned one uh, on some dead space. So um, for those that are super keen and taking notes already, I mean, you know, the, you're not going to lose those guys anyway. They're, they're with you. They're like, they want to know dates. So you give yeah. them dates, you get them, get them ready, and then you pray. And then that prayer mark is usually in everyone's mind, the time that the, they switch on, you know? And, and I mean, mm-hmm. we all do it. And then amen. All right, now. And that's, that's when you're in, you know, and yeah. you don't want to be yeah. like, now this epistle was written, although to be honest, I've done that a few times. In fact, I've done that almost all of the last five sermons. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't want to say it can never be done, but you know, maybe it shouldn't be. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, I mean, it's, yeah. I think, what, I think it, yeah. yeah. And what you were doing is you were just varying your introductions you know, style and <laughs> exactly. Well, it's you know, it's good to throw a few boring ones in there because that way, uh, you know, when you got an exciting one, it's really exciting. People don't know where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. You know, that's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Totally. yeah, it's not enough to just preach a sermon on Leviticus. You've got to change things up. You know? Yeah, you got to tell them what date it was <laughs> uh, it was written. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly. Cool. Exactly. All right. Yeah. Good. Um. Cool. Moving on. Moving on to. Um. I'm. Just, I mean. How long do you want this episode to be, Mark? Well, just um, keep going. I'll be the judge of that. Okay, cool. That's all good. Um, all right, so he moves on to cautions of introductions, so things to be aware of. Um, the first one is what we just talked about, which is um, distinguishing the scripture introduction. Mm-hmm. And um, and the reason... The reason right, big reason why he does this. Yeah, he wants to keep reading the text out Um and he wants to keep people valuing that time and um, and emphas- the emphasis on the actual reading of the word. He wants to keep that um, with its own time and with its own space, um, not to sort of confuse them, not to um, have that awkward silence where you're like, today we're in Romans 6, and then you sort of like let people go there and you're not saying anything. Um, mm. It's just awkward mm. silence and, and things like that. Yes. Um, so he, he, he lays out like a, um, what he thinks is like an effective structure to the beginning of a sermon. So he he says, um, announce the scripture, introduce the scripture, um, mm. which can just be you know like a, a few little um, contextual pieces. Yeah. And um, then reannouncing the scripture, reading the scripture. Yeah. Um, praying, and mm. then you go into your sermon introduction. Yeah. Um, yeah. And which which goes to your proposition. He, he he says you can like tweak it, you know. But he says that that's like a helpful thing, and we sort of do that, I guess. But we we move some of the things around. So yeah, um, yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes you know it's interesting. You you preach at another church or at a conference or something like that, and it changes the dynamic entirely. There, uh, I find often it's best to go. All right, you know, the first thing out of your mouth is let's pray. 
<laughs> you mm. know, let's open up in prayer. And it just, mm. you know, everyone's already switched on. You just want to reset, you know, and, uh, and, and honestly yeah. just pray. So that's the best mm. way to go. And then straight into it. Sometimes you have to, you know, you have to fill it out a little bit. You have to, you know, get mm. people to settle down. It's almost like you've got to, a lot of the time, uh, judge it on the moment. Mm. So, um, yeah, but I think the, the idea is that you can you know, you get the principles down, much as with the rest of this stuff, get the principles down mm-hmm. and, and you can uh, ebb and flow once you once you understand what's yep. going on. Um, yep. Cool. <clears throat> All right. So we've got something to yep. say more about the uh, the introduction. We might close this at the end of introductions. <clears throat> oh. Yeah, cool. Yeah, there's, um, there's only a little bit left, which is um, just a few ways to um, really hone your sermon introduction. Um, and then he moves on to conclusions. Um, so yeah, um, we can zoom through these. Be brief. Um, don't um, you know? Don't make your introduction too long because people can get sort of overwhelmed and intimidated that the rest of your sermon is going to be way too long. Um, it's just it's just a good way of like being conscious of how much time you're giving to things. Mm. Um, be be focused. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, f- focus it. Don't um don't you know like let one thing lead to another. Um, get rid of everything. Get rid of every detail that's not essential and keep it very narrow and focused and mm-hmm. um, focusing on you know that that form and condition focus and your proposition and the gospel um Brilliant. be real um so this mm-hmm. is this is where i guess it sort of comes uh back to sort of our day and time mm-hmm. i guess mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. you don't want to like have this like crazy archaic language and superscript and sort of thing you want to be real you want to be conversational in a sense um, yeah and not even too slick to, even you know yeah. uh even yeah, if it's exactly, a conversational yeah. language mm-hmm. but it's so slick you know and you're like mm-hmm. wow that was so planned i don't know it just we can't help it we get put off by that stuff it's weird yeah. so yeah, you know yeah, that's it's right. That's right. there's a way to prepare without being slick you know yeah yeah, yeah. um and the last two be specific um so yeah, don't be vague. Target in on your um, what you're trying to accomplish, what you want to tell the people um, that are there listening to you, mm-hmm. um, and to be professional as well. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, this is about being well prepared, um, not coming across as if you like haven't prepared at all. Yes. Um, know what you're going to say, know why you're up there, and um, and pull the pull your listeners into that. Yeah, mm. that's chapel on introductions. Beautiful. All right, so here's the thing. If you're uh, preparing to be a preacher, this will hopefully be really, really helpful for you. That's awesome. Uh, if you're a preacher, this will hopefully be of interest to you. This is kind of nerdy preacher stuff that preachers think about all the time, kind of, maybe. And um, and if you have no interest whatsoever in any kind of preaching, this is hopefully still of interest to you because now you get an insight into what we do at elders meetings and what preachers have to go through to prepare their sermons. So pay attention to those introductions, people, you know, they're working hard at them. And, uh, anyway, so that we'll leave that there. Um, I'll talk to the guys. If they're too shell shocked, we might not do transitions and conclusions. If they feel that they've got it in them, we, uh, we might come back and do this for the next Thursday. So, uh, I don't know. Hold your breath. Let's see what happens. Um, Thanks, you guys. Thanks, Jerry. Thanks, Cody. Thank you. Thank you.